You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. All right. Hey, uh, welcome to another uh, edition. I was going to say edition. It's an episode. (laughs) Isn't it edition? I think. Edition? I don't know. Let me Google that. It's an episode. No, it's an episode. An addition is like a car, like a 2017 Mazda. Something yeah. you do to your house. Hey, speaking of addition, new addition, Hardman. Holla. Yeah, buddy. If it is in love, why does it hurt so bad? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm. Episode? Yeah, it's an episode. Or as so, my six-year-old says, esipode. Esipode? That's fun. I think we got it. I think this is the intro. I don't understand why we would go back. Let's just nope. keep going. No, yeah, we this Plow is through. we are recording. So we, we don't welcome. have much time, so we've used half of it. <laughs> just joking around about what <laughs> right. this is called. A new edition. Yeah. No, this is an edition, a new edition of the podcast. No, it's not. It's a new episode of the podcast. And uh, my name is Ben Sternke. I'm one of the co-founders of Gravity Leadership. I'm here with my uh, partners in uh, ministry, uh, Matt Tebby. Yes. And uh, Ben Hardman. Uh, guys. Who's, yep, sitting in a house in Atlanta. We're in Indy. Um, so. It's warmer here, guys. It's snowing here. <laughs> I can tell that plant yeah. behind you testifies to the yeah. warmth. Beautiful. There are so, fake plants in this So here, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> here's what we're going to do in this episode. Uh, this, is a, this is a follow-up from uh, the last episode that we did, which was on our sixth missional theology axiom, which says that uh, the goal of our discipleship is not to... Uh, be perfectly moral, nor uh, to um, 
uh, what's the other one? Cognitive. Uh, be, be, yeah, cognitive certainty. Uh, but it is to participate in divine union, um, to be able to uh, live in love uh, with the Lord. So, um, and uh, right at the end of that podcast, we got into this uh, discussion about how this affects our leadership. And we were like over 20 minutes in, we were like, oh, that's a whole podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what we want to talk about because uh, I don't think the implication, uh, like the immediate implications of divine union, I think automatically for me, what I automatically think of is just my own life, just how I live, you yep. know, my internal state, um, that kind of thing. But how does this then play into, if this is what our discipleship is about, if this is what salvation is about, if this is what life is about, how does it affect our leadership? How does it, how does it affect how we lead? And that could be in a church setting, it could be just our own families, you know, our kids. Yeah. Um, uh, it could be in a work setting, uh, all kinds of different things. So, um, how, how does it affect how we lead? Hardman, what would, uh, what would you say? So I, I think that most of our discipleship processes are built around knowledge and behavior. It's, it's what do I know? What, do, what have I learned? Uh, it's that cognitive certainty of I want to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that I have. <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. know my theology. I want to know my doctrine. I want to um, understand those red letters of Jesus. And right. then it's, I, I want to actually work out my character and my behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it becomes, uh, our, our whole discipleship process becomes, what do I know? And it becomes almost like a management of my sin, right? So I'm, I'm managing my sin. I'm trying to sin less. I'm trying to do more good things than bad things. I'm trying to mm. work out the junk inside of me. Yeah. And, and none of those things are bad, right? Uh, we, we love thinking and doctrine and theology, and we're actually, we actually want to behave well. Yeah, I'd love uh, it right. if you, I'd love well, it most, if you send Most us. of us, most <laughs> of us do. Um, but it's incomplete, right? It's yeah. an incomplete picture of discipleship. And yeah. so I think what, what we're trying to get at is, is what's going on beneath the surface. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you actually access uh, the part of our life that moves beyond just leading people into certainty or better behavior, yep. but yeah. how do we help people to actually create this union and oneness with the Father where yeah. they're learning to walk in step with Him, where they're learning to actually hear the Father's voice and respond appropriately, mm. uh, yeah. and understand that when He speaks, we obey. Yeah, so you're saying that it needs to change the way that we uh, think and, and practice, think about and practice discipleship in terms of calling people, as, as we practice discipling others in the church, it has to, we have to have that as our goal, not just uh, to kind of import some discipleship system that says, okay, well, here's the 10 things a disciple needs to know, and yeah. here's the eight things that they need to do. Uh, we, need, we need to go to a different place of saying, okay, we need to discern uh, something at a different level. I've got a concrete example here. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the, uh, challenges most pastors or leaders of churches face is getting volunteers to be staffed for the kids' ministry. Oh, yeah. That's right? a great we example. We hear this all the time. Um, I process this all the time. And I think traditional, uh, like technical sort of CEO, kind of the leadership that all of us sort of inherit because we live in the culture we live in, is leadership is about influence, mm-hmm. right? right? So I, as a leader, need to influence my subordinate the, the person who's in charge of the children's ministry, and I influence them by giving them good ideas, persuasive words, mm-hmm. of which I have a plethora, mm. and also <laughs> tips and tactics on how to uh, fix and solve problems. 
So the problem is we need people staffed in the kids ministry. Here's some good ideas. Here's some good advice. Here's some good here's some good techniques and tips to I'm going to influence you and then you in turn are going to influence others to solve the problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, if if the goal of our leadership and discipleship is love, what I just explained is insufficient leadership. Right, because it has nothing to do with love. No, it like, has to do with solving problems, fixing yeah. things. You could do that in a loving way or a not a loving way, but it wouldn't matter because I, your goal is solve I, the problem. I could get 10 people to volunteer for kids ministry, and I could be using uh, all the power of hell to do so. Right. But as long as, we got, as, long as we've got uh, people in kids ministry, like everybody's right. happy with it. Right. Right? Yeah. So, so then what does it look like to lead in love? Well, I think it changes our approach, our posture to that problem. The first thing is, I my job as a leader isn't primarily to deliver outcomes, but it's to develop people. Hmm. This, is, this is how Jesus modeled leadership. Yeah. Right? Jesus picked 12 people who he could develop. Right. Right? In a really inefficient way. Right, and there right. was there was it wasn't like he didn't pick them based upon efficiency, based upon natural competency necessarily. He picked them because these are the people I can invest in, I can empower to yeah. carry on what I'm doing afterwards. So the first thing is, a leadership isn't necessarily about delivering outcomes, solving problems. It's primarily about developing people in the midst of the problem. Yeah, yeah. In the midst of the task, it, it's not that there's no task involved. No, it's there that, is a task. I mean, right. the, Sunday's coming. Mm-hmm. We got to do something with these kids. Right. But right. but my primary concern as a leader is developing my kids man, minister mm-hmm. to to discern like you, you've got ideas. Right. You know good. You know good actions. This isn't working. Something's happening. What is going on? Yeah. Here? Yeah. Yeah. And there, even if, sorry, even if, uh, even if the result of that is that you don't have any kids ministry on a certain Sunday, for example. Scandalous. Right. So the outcome would be uh, everybody, you know, the outcome that you would that you would be seeking in the old kind of way of doing leadership would be there's no way that we would ever not have kids ministry. But if your primary goal is to develop the kids minister, maybe that's a that that's an outcome that would be acceptable. And the parents and, and the, the parents or the volunteers that you have staffing Exactly. That yeah. The 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 employee or the you know the the person who's doing the kids ministry isn't necessarily the only person you're developing. You're developing a whole congregation, and so how do you help the whole congregation deal with the anxiety, for example, of oh my gosh, there's no kids ministry. <laughs> what am I going to do? And so being present and attending to that anxiety, helping them you know, in those areas, is more important. What you're saying? Yeah, then maybe we can say then leadership. Then, if if the goal is love, leadership becomes less about influencing people to do what I want, mm. and more about coming alongside people so they can own what they want, and then helping them hold that in the light of the kingdom. Yeah, and asking them yeah. to take responsibility for themselves, yes. empowering them, and calling them into that, That's calling good. them into yeah. trusting love. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and there, there's a way that we can, I mean, this is the playbook that I was taught, guys. Like, there's a way that I can lead that's all about pragmatism, it's all about practical wisdom, it's all about look at what the superstar pastor down the street is doing, and right. we just kind of build those same tips and techniques into our ministry. And so it creates a way to lead that, one, isn't present to ourselves and our own desires and what we want, and secondly, mm. isn't even it doesn't even require or need the Holy Spirit in any way. Nope. And so I'm not opposed to pragmatism. I'm opposed to pragmatism without the presence of the Father. 
<laughs> right? So, so tech techniques and tips and tactics, all of those things, like we all use that, mm-hmm. right? That you can't sure. get away from that. Right. But when we when we only lean into that, that's when the problem yeah. comes. So I was talking to a leader a few weeks ago who just kind of looked at me and said, I don't know the last time our church has done something that doesn't make sense. Like the only, all, all we hmm. ever do is practical wisdom. And so we always do what's smart and what's wise. But as I look at scripture, I see this God who calls us sometimes to do things that don't make a ton of sense. Like go out in the middle of the desert and you're going to meet a chariot and there's going to be a guy in that <laughs> chariot. And like, it doesn't make any sense, but yeah. it's where the father's leading us. And so what we do is, is we, we can create a model of ministry that is completely dependent on our giftedness and our abilities uh, and completely undependent on where the Father is leading and the presence of the Holy Spirit actually showing up and doing some kind of work. Yes, good. Good. And so so the way this axiom helps then, Ben, with that is that we, we're not living in the realm of ideas and best, and best practices, but we're actually living in the realm of how, do, how are we get, getting into this relational, like not, not just being right, but, but being righteous with the Father and with each other mm. and pressing into that. And sometimes that leads us into risky or... Right. right? Outcomes we may not prefer. Yeah. 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 A lot of that stuff. I, yeah. I had to reach a point in my ministry where I had to actually name out loud the brokenness in my heart that I wanted to grow more than I wanted to be one with the Father. Like that's when painful real stuff starts to come out. Mm. Like I, I wanted our attendance numbers to be up and to the right. I wanted to build right. bigger buildings. Yeah. I wanted to, yeah. you know, have a bigger platform to preach on. I wanted all those things more than I actually wanted our congregation to know and understand the heart of the Father for their that's lives yeah. and to allow him to lead yes. them. And I had to name like this is broken and this is what I want. And then I had to allow like some wise disciple makers around me to speak into that. I had to allow that, that desire to be shaped into a kingdom desire. Right. So it's, yes. it's Mark 10 kind of stuff, right? James, right. John, like I, I, I want to be first. I, I want to sit on your right hand. Yep. I, I, I want to name that stuff. And, and then Jesus, what he does is he takes this desire that's broken and he shapes it into, no, you can't, you can't hold that. Like that's mm-hmm. not the space I'm calling you to inhabit. Yeah. That's not even mine. Like I, that's not that's not a space you even want. Like, mm. but but let's talk about how we take that desire and shape it into a kingdom desire. Yes. That's when discipleship starts happening. Yeah. But if we're always chasing chasing pragmatism, practical wisdom, the next best thing, the yeah. tips and techniques, the trying to do the thing that the superstar pastor down the street does. We'd never ever get in touch to any mm-hmm. in, with any of that stuff. Hartman, I was hoping that the Gravity Leadership Podcast could be the next big thing. Are you telling me that's not okay? Pop in your bubble here. <laughs> Burst in your bubble. Um, yeah, that's really good, Ben. Really yeah, good. Yeah, and I, I thought of Mark 10 when you were talking about that because uh, a big part of this is that um, part of the way this changes the, our posture as leaders is that we don't presume as leaders uh, that our... We don't presume that we're not being transformed at the same time that everybody else is. That's no, an awkward so way good. to say it. But yes. um, at the same rate... I'm not doing something to you as as a leader that is not happening in me. This is our fifth axiom uh, as well. But like, I'm not, I'm actually participating in the same participation. So my activity as a leader actually brings up in me the right kairoses that I need to actually attend to, which is why do I want my numbers to go up and to the right? Right? Why, like, I have to attend to that as well. And that's part of 
part of uh, my own discipleship, and we have we have to grapple with that. And that's exactly what happens in Mark ten, right? Jesus says, I mean, the question that he poses. I mean, the James and John come to him and they say, "Well, hey, uh, we we'd like for you to do with to us or for us whatever we want." And Jesus says, "Well, what do you want me to do for you?" And like you said, Hardman, like he he says basically, "No, I can't give you that." But their honesty about what they wanted provides the platform for them to learn something altogether. The disciples' indignance at what they've done as well. They all learn together that leadership is is different in the kingdom of God. Yes, and and notice mm-hmm. that Jesus doesn't... The question is audacious. It's ridiculous. Right. That's why the yeah. disciples were indignant. They were like, what? And it's also How one you... that we all ask him all the time. <laughs> no, it is. But but notice Jesus' response isn't, you're an idiot. Right. Right. Right, I want you How to. How dare you? Ask I want that you question. to do what I want. Like, right. Or, or, uh, yeah. But notice his response is, "Oh, good. We're going to get to what you really want." Yeah. And what you really want isn't what you should want. But instead of telling you you shouldn't want it, like instead of like shooting on you, mm-hmm. I'm going to invite you to own what you really want. Yeah. Right. So Jesus, over and over again, like communicates and invites people, even if it's not right. Yeah. He looks at people and says, what do you want? He looks at people and says, hey, what you've decided to do in your heart, mm-hmm. do it quickly. Yeah. Yeah, right? the, that answering that question becomes the, the, the gr- ground zero for the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. Because interestingly, in Mark 10, immediately after that, that passage with uh, James and John and the rest of the disciples, he, he meets blind Bartimaeus, and he asks him the exact same question, what do you want me to do for you? And in that case... He says, well, I want to see. And in that case, Jesus says, okay, you know, let it be done unto you according to your faith. And so uh, it's not that we always get what we want, or we always, you know, Jesus is always telling us we can't have what we want. It's that th- the kingdom of God comes when we own what we want. Yes. And it sometimes comes through our eyes get healed and we can see. Uh, we get what we want. The kingdom and of God can come by the, by the seeing, realizing mm-hmm. they're blind, right. and by the blind... Being able to see, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. The, the, the disciples realizing, oh, I, there's something I need to learn here. I'm blind. The kingdom of God is coming. But I didn't know. I wouldn't have known I was blind unless I owned what I wanted. Yeah. Right. And this is this is this is how like that that's that's a, a way of describing like divine union is a relational connectedness. Yes. So the second way that I lead differently with this kids minister is that the primary goal here with with me and this person, isn't that they would do what I want them to do or that they would solve the problem. The primary goal is that they become more at home in love and that person and I become more connected and trusting in love. And then we let the fruit of that Mm -hmm. penetrate out into the kinds of things we think about what we should do and Mm -hmm. the kinds of things we actually do. Yeah. Right? So we put our stake in the center of love and say, let's... Let's help you overcome or move through whatever obstacle of leadership you're having. Yeah. Right. And you and I, I deal with my own frustration and irritation that you're causing this interruption of my schedule by not doing the job I hired you to do. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta, yeah. I have to hear good news about that, or else yeah. I just, I just lead you out of my irritation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the result of that is separation. It's the opposite of union. Well, oh, he's a scapegoat, or she's a scapegoat. So, like, if you do your job, I would have the time to do what I need to do, which is think theological thoughts and write beautiful sermons. But I don't have time to do that. You're interrupting mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So now I have to, like, basically, you're the problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So love never treats someone as a problem. Mm. Love always sees people. Always treats people as persons. Yes. They're persons. Yes. We don't regard anyone from a worldly perspective. Mm-hmm. Even the even the person who's not fulfilling their job description, 
right? That my struggle is not against you. Right. But I want to meet you in the center of God's love, help you lay hold of that if you're willing. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Right? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. and then also deal, reckon with my own living in love with you. And in doing that, in doing that, what do we do about staffing kids ministry becomes clear. Yeah. So there's no way to predict there's, it ahead of time. I don't in think terms so. Of techniques and tips. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's the hard part, right? Yeah, is, it is. is that I'm I'm laying down my ability to control the outcome. Come on, Ben. And I'm and I'm <laughs> trusting that we actually have a good father who's always present and at work. It's like right. he cares he, about it more than us. Like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we could maybe name all the axioms right, right there. Totally. In a sentence. Because totally. I'm and so because I'm trusting that this is happening, I don't have to control or coerce this Ugh. with pragmatism or practical wisdom. I don't have to get a result in this moment but I'm trusting that God is present and working in this moment. And so it takes the mantle of me trying to earn, achieve, prove, do, accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sets it at the feet of Jesus and says, actually, Lord, this church belongs to you and you care about it more than I do. Yes. So I'm trusting that you're going to work. Now that doesn't mean we go, we're inactive, right? It doesn't mean exactly, that we don't right. move or we don't speak. It, it, it means we, we do that with a posture of understanding who is the one who's doing the work in my congregation? Mm, yeah. And and knowing it's not me. Yeah. I, I'm not the one. So I'm called to faithfulness. God's going to take care of the fruitfulness. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brother Sternkey is going to sing a hymn mm. as Brother Hardman passes the offering plate. Preach. We're preaching. <laughs> now we're preaching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so this uh, this axiom then isn't just a, about like me personally, but it's about actually it has corporate or communal implications. Mm-hmm. Right, it, mm. it it changes the way that we lead, and here's our kairos at Gravity Leadership, is that m- most of us, including the three here and our coaches and the people we've coached, our imagination for how to lead like this, leading where love is the goal, not where outcomes are the goal, uh, is so anemic. It's so small. We've mm. we've experienced it so little that we sort of dismiss love as. Well, that's fine if you're going to like do a children's sermon somewhere, or if you're in a nursing you home like and a you're small group where not much is at stake. Right, but like if you're going to get things done, if you're going to lead and manage a large church, you're going to need something more than love. Right, that's the <laughs> right? that's the assumption. Yeah, and and yeah. and we want to say that's rubbish. Mm-hmm. That's rubbish. Amen. Because if you can, if you do amazing sermons and if you uh, do amazing miracles, but you don't have love, it is trash. Noise nothing. and trash. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. So we want to put our stake here, uh, and we want to learn how to do this. Yes. We've just given one example of how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not even not even flush it all the way out, just given some implications. Right. Um, but if, if that interests you, <laughs> like if that interests you, then you probably found the right place. Uh, Gravity Leadership can hopefully be a community where you can enter that conversation. Yes. We can continue to talk about how to take love seriously, like so seriously that it's the most important thing in the universe. Mm-hmm. Most important thing in the universe is yes. we learn how to live in love with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, and with each other. Yeah, it's actually possible. I mean, it's not easy. Uh, you're cutting against the grain uh, of a lot of uh, inherited assumptions and a lot of cultural uh, baggage, uh, but it is possible. Uh, to learn to live in this new way. So that's been really great news for me in my life and in my leadership. Amen. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen, Harvin. All right. Amen. Will you give us a a benediction, Sternkey? Yes. Will you send us out from this podcast? (laughs) Yes. Send us out from this podcast. Uh, Yes, I will. Um, 
May you go, brothers and sisters listening to this podcast, may you go in the knowledge that God's love is real and deep and powerful and is able to do the things that need to be done. May you go believing that. May you go confident that God is always present and at work, and he is working uh, in your life as you go. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see you all next time. We're having fun on this podcast, aren't we? We're getting there. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you found it helpful, please let us know by leaving a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you review podcasts. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com to ask a question, suggest a topic for future episodes. And join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful throughout the week. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.